Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. Pretty much every one of us knows that nursery rhyme, Mary Had a Little Lamb. If you didn't grow up singing it, maybe you have a child in your home that grew up singing it. You know, every one of us knows this nursery rhyme, this famous Mary Had a Little Lamb. Today, we also celebrate Thanksgiving Day here at our church. It's Thanksgiving Sunday. Of course, we should live with Thanksgiving each and every day. And this morning, I'm going to draw a connection between the national holiday of Thanksgiving here in America and the nursery rhyme, Mary Had a Little Lamb. And it comes through this individual. Her name was Sarah Hale. She was born in New Hampshire. Not too many years after the Declaration of Independence here in America. And she was fairly well educated in terms of she knew how to write. She knew how to, you know, use words and things like that. And, and uh, for many years, she was a, a writer. She would write articles. She would write for different publications. She became the editor of a women's magazine and was quite prolific in, in writing. And uh, one of the things that she had done growing up was there was this celebration of Thanksgiving. Of course, there was no holiday at the time, but she grew up with that. Every year they would celebrate Thanksgiving. And uh, she made it a passion of hers to try to get Thanksgiving implemented as a holiday. So for many years, while she was an editor of a magazine and writing articles, she would write letters to different individuals in, uh, in the political office in different states all around the country. And so year after year, for many years, she would write and encourage them to try to have a day of Thanksgiving, have some sort of celebration, have some sort of a declaration. And, and uh, in, in uh, 1862, many states had been, you know, having different declarations. Abraham Lincoln had declared there was going to be a day of Thanksgiving after the victory of the Battle of Gettysburg in the summer of, uh, of uh, 1863, rather. And Sarah heard about this. And even though there were a lot of states, I think about 30 states or territories that had made declarations of some sort of form of thanksgiving formally, she wrote to the president and wrote, if we're going to have a national day of thanksgiving, it's got to come from you. If we're going to unify this holiday as a national celebration, and so in September, she wrote to President Abraham Lincoln. Now, we don't know the exact backstory behind it, but what we do know is the week after that, the Secretary of State penned the first draft of the declaration of this national Thanksgiving holiday. And the week after that, Abraham Lincoln proclaimed the last Thursday of November as Thanksgiving Day here in America. Sarah Hale, though, did not grow up and live her whole life with everything that was smooth. She got married to a lawyer. His name was David Hale. They were married together for nine years before he passed away, leaving behind Sarah and five children. She and her five children were left behind, and so she determined that she needed to take care of her family, so she took to writing. 
And so she would write different articles. She published different books. And one of the books that she wrote included some nursery rhymes, one of which was Mary Had a Little Lamb. And she used the profits from that to support her family. And so even though she went through some very difficult times personally, she was able to keep that spirit of thanksgiving with her and really be a great influence in our country. And you have to remember that 1863 was in the middle of the Civil War. So personally, she was going through some tough times. Nationally, she was going through, the whole country was going through some difficult times. And yet she found it good to give thanks. She realized that it was a good thing to give thanks. Even despite the personal difficulties, despite the national troubles of the time, it was a good thing to give thanks. And isn't that what we read in Psalm 92? It is a good thing to give thanks. It's a good thing to give thanks. And it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. It's a good thing to give thanks to God because we have to remember that thanks is not just a feeling that we have in our hearts, but it is a gift that must be given. We call it thanksgiving. We are to give that thanks, and the Bible makes it clear who should be the recipient of that gift of thanksgiving. Who is the recipient of the gift of thanksgiving? It is, of course, the Lord. And so this thanksgiving, I hope that we'll keep in mind that we give thanks. We give thanks for our health. We give thanks maybe for our family. We give thanks maybe for our job or a career or whatever it is in our lives that we might give thanks for. I hope that you will direct that thanksgiving to God. And in this passage in Psalm 92, I see four reasons explaining why it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. First of all, I see it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because it proclaims his virtue. It proclaims the virtue and character of God. Verse number two says to show forth loving kindness in the morning. He says it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because it shows forth thy loving kindness. Thanksgiving is a way for us to show forth our God. It is a way for us to show off how good our God really is. You know, uh, for many of you, the, you probably, when you were going to school, had some opportunities in class or different places at a time called show and tell, right? How many of you remember this, right? You had show and, uh, show and tell time in your class, and, and uh, people who were artists, they might bring a drawing of theirs and show, hey, this is something that I drew or something that I did some experience that I had or some place that we went to and I want to show you something that I brought back from this place or whatever the case might be, there was a show and tell, an opportunity for you to bring something that you have and to share it with everybody else. Of course, now we don't have formal show and tell times, but Thanksgiving is a way for us as believers to show and tell the world about our God. Thanksgiving is a way for us to tell the world God is good. Thanksgiving is a way for us to tell the world God loves you. Thanksgiving is a way for us to tell the world that God died for you. Thanksgiving is a way for us to tell the world that God rose again from the dead and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
You know, these days we find that everybody wants to share everything about all of the good places that they went. They go on vacation. They post it on social media, right? Wow, look at this great place that I went to. They go to a restaurant. Look at this great food that I ate. You know, they see something, you know, funny, and they, they want to show it with the world. And they say, look at this funny thing. Look at this good food. Look at this great place. And we as Christians need to show the world better than that food is God. Better than that place that you went to is the God who created that place that you went to. Better than all of the experiences of life that you might have is the God who has enabled you to enjoy all of those things. Everybody wants to talk about how good all of these other things are, but what about God? We do have a good God, amen? We have a great God. And Thanksgiving is our way to tell the world our God is good. Because God is better than the best of us, no? He is. He's better than the best of us. He's smarter than the smarter of us, wiser than the wisest of us, stronger than the strongest of us. God is better than the best of us. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 9 says, Of what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? If you have a little child, if you have a son, and your son says, I'm hungry, can I have some food, can I have some bread? How many of you fathers, how many of you parents would, would give your child a stone, a rock? Here, nibble on this. Of course none of us would do that. Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? Of course not. You know what God says in verse 11, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Hey, we are sinful people. Amen? We have a sinful flesh, and yet we know how to give good gifts to our children. We know how to give good gifts to those that we love. How much better then is the God who is good? He gives better than even the best of us. God really is good. God is good because he thinks about you. Did you know God thinks about you? Isn't that amazing? God thinks about you. God doesn't just think about you as a group of people. He thinks about you individually. He knows your name. He knows where you're at. He sees you where you're at. He's thinking about you. He's looking at your situation. And he's thinking good thoughts towards you. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. You know, God wants to give you good things. God's thinking, here's a person over here, and I, I see exactly where he is, and I know exactly his situation, I know exactly what he's going through, and I want him to have some good things. God wants you to have some good things. Amen? Of course, we know that, we know that God is good because we are here. God is good, and you know that God is good because you're here today. You're alive today because of God. You're still alive today because of God. Did you know that? You are here because of God. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. 
Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. We know that God is good because we're here today. We woke up today. We're alive today. We're able to move today. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because it proclaims his virtue. It tells the world that God is good. Not to believe the lies that the world will tell you about what God is and God is uh, an evil God and God doesn't want good things. No, 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 no. Thanksgiving is our way as believers to say, no, the God that I serve, he's a good God. The God that died on the cross for me, he's a good God. And he loves you too. And he died on the cross for you too. And he wants you to go to heaven too. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord to proclaim his character. To proclaim his compassion, to proclaim his faithfulness. That's what he's saying in verse number one and verse number two. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name. O most high. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because it proclaims his virtue. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because it punctuates his victory. Verse number four says, For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the work of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. Thanksgiving is a way for us to show off our God by showing off his victories, his work. Because this is not about what we have done. It's not about what we've done. It's not about what you've done. It's not about what I've done. It's about what God has done. And God does good things. God makes good things. Genesis chapter 1. What happens in Genesis 1? The creation of the universe. Verse number 31. And God saw everything that he had made. He saw the whole universe and he took a step back and he looked at what he had made. I've looked at some of the things that I've made. I'm not an artist, creative type. I'm not good at drawing or whatever, but when I was a kid, there was a show that was uh, somebody who would show you how to draw. It was a 30-minute program and uh, he would show you a picture of what he had drawn, and he would go step by step and show you how you could draw that same thing. He would draw a kangaroo, and he would show you how you could draw a kangaroo. And he would draw a castle, and he would show you how you can draw that same castle. And every, every week, I would take a piece of paper, and I would sit in front of that show, and I would do exactly what he did, exactly. And I kept some of those things. And years later, I took a step back and I looked at those things and I was like, wow, that's amazing because it is so terrible. <laughs> I looked at that and I thought, you know, as a kid, I thought, that's not that bad. This is pretty good. This is pretty close. 
As an adult, I look back at that and I said, whoa, that's not good. I should not show these to people. <laughs> that's what I thought. I should not show these to people. But God makes good things. And he took a step back and saw the creation of the universe and he says, it is very good. That's what he says. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. God makes good things. And when he's done with his creation and you take a step back and look at what he has done, you can say, wow, that's very good. That's very good. And you know what Thanksgiving does? It proclaims and punctuates what he has done. Look at the creation. Look at the universe. Look at the stars up in the sky. Consider what, what is up there that makes it so beautiful. It's amazing. God made that. You go out into nature and you look at the mountains and you see the trees and you see the rivers and you see the oceans and you see nature. And, wow, so beautiful. Some people have made it their livelihood just to take pictures of nature. They make a living and make lots of money taking pictures of the nature that God created. God makes very good things. And Thanksgiving is a way for us to punctuate what God has done. Look at what God has done in our church. Hey, praise the Lord for those that got saved here. Praise the Lord that, for those that have grown in the Lord here. Hey, praise the Lord for those that have learned how to serve and to be able to give glory to God. Hey, praise the Lord for God giving you ability and, and what God has done through you. God makes good things. Also, God is an amazing God because he can make evil things good. Genesis chapter 50. Last chapter of Genesis, here is Joseph. Joseph is there with his brothers. You know the story. Joseph was the number one loved son of his father and the number one hated brother of the siblings. So what did his brothers do? They sold him into slavery, and he was taken into Egypt. There in Egypt, he served Potiphar. And you know what happened. Potiphar's wife lied, and he was thrown into prison. Unlawfully. So he was unlawfully sold into, into slavery and unlawfully thrown into prison. And there were two men there who served the king, the baker and the butler. They had dreams, and they were troubled by these dreams. What did these dreams mean? And Joseph is there, and he says, tell me your dreams. Maybe God will show what the meaning of these dreams is. And they show their dreams. Of course, you know, three days later, one of them would die, and one of them would return to his position. And promptly, he forgot about Joseph. Until two years later, Pharaoh had a dream. And Joseph was brought out. He interpreted the dream through God revealing it to him. And he said, this is what I propose for you to do. The next seven years is going to be a prosperous time. But just remember, the seven years after that is going to be a famine. I suggest that you pick somebody wise to be able to oversee the management of this, to save some food and, and some resources for those tough times. And Pharaoh says, I like you. I'm going to choose you to be in charge of this. And so Joseph was brought up. During the famine times, 
Joseph's brothers and his dad, they were suffering through the famine. They said, I hear there's food in Egypt. Go buy some food. They went down. There's a whole ordeal until eventually Joseph reveals himself and the whole family goes down into Egypt. Until inevitably, of course, the father dies. Jacob dies. Now the brothers are worried. The dad's gone. What is Joseph going to do? Joseph's in charge here. Joseph can do whatever he wants. And they came to him and said, please remember what our dad said. Forgive us. Be good to us. Be kind to us. And it's interesting what Joseph says in verse number 20. But as for you, ye thought evil against me. You, you didn't think good things about me. You thought evil things. You thought that you were going to get rid of me. But God meant it unto good. To bring to pass alive, he took the evil intention of the brothers and turned it into a life-saving event for the whole family. That's what our God can do. That's what our God can do. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, because his work produces gladness. Verse number four, for thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. There's nothing that's going to make you more glad than to know that God is working. To know that God is working, and he is working for you. And he wants to work in you. He wants to do something for you. His work also profits with gain. Verse number four, I will triumph. Who doesn't like to win? Everybody likes winning. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to have victory. Everybody wants to have success. The psalmist says, I will triumph in the work of thy hands. I will have success, God, if you work. I will triumph, God, if you're the one that works. Hey, in our church, if we're going to have some success and have some victories, it's got to be God that's working. And it's a good thing for us to give thanks unto the Lord because we get to talk about what God has done. Because his work is great. Verse number five, O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Because it proclaims his virtue, because it punctuates his victory, Thirdly, because it preserves in the valleys. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because it preserves in the valleys. I just mentioned earlier that a, a church member is uh, driving across the country, driving to Tennessee. If you've ever driven across the country, you know there's mountains and there are valleys. There's times where you push up the hill Times when you drop down out of, the, out of the hills and out of the mountains. If you're going to travel across life, there's going to be some mountains that you get to climb. There's some valleys that you're going to dip into. Sometimes the enemy is looking like he's going to be winning. Sometimes in life it looks like the enemy's ahead. Sometimes it looks like the, the enemy, the opponent, is, is winning. They have the upper hand. They're the ones that are ruling. They're the ones that are doing well. They're the ones that are growing and spreading and flourishing. 
It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because it preserves in the valleys. Psalms chapter 23, the psalmist is writing about a time that he was going through. He was struggling with, uh, with some things. He knew what was right, but he was, he was really struggling with what he was seeing around him. Because in verse number 3, he says, For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He said, I, I know I shouldn't be, but I'm, I'm really beginning to be jealous of, of wicked people. Because I see their prosperity. I see their, their growing. They're getting wealthy. They're doing well. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They're not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. Here's a man who looked out at the world and saw the financial wealth, the prosperity, the success. And in his heart, he began to think, verse number 12, Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily or truly, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. This good man was thinking, what am I doing here? Why am I living this way? They get to do whatever they want. And they get more money for it. And they have an easy life. And they're enjoying all the pleasures of life, doing all of these things. And, and he began to think in his heart, man, all of this is in vain. Why am I even doing all of this? But then he saw in verse number 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Until I went to the place of God. Until I went to the place where God's word was proclaimed. And that's why it's a good place to, to be here. That's why, that's why it's good to be in church. So you can hear the word of God being proclaimed. And he, he began to say, think some of these things until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. This good man, this man of God, saw the prosperity of the world and began to develop some jealousy for it and began to think, maybe I just need to do what they're doing until he went into the sanctuary of God. When he went into the sanctuary of God, he understood something. He understood their end. He understood where they would be going. He understood the destination of their deeds. And he said, oh, it, it's a good thing for me to give thanks unto the Lord because I understand where they're going. And I'm going through a tough time right now. I'm in a valley right now. But it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because it Because the wicked will be consumed. Verse number six says, A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. When the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because it preserves in the valleys. I don't know what you're going through in life right now. Maybe you're going through a valley. 
Maybe you're going through some tough times. Maybe you're thinking back on some times earlier and things were going well and everything was going according to plan, but now things aren't going according to plan. And obstacles are arising in places you weren't expecting and trouble has come your way and storms have been lasting longer than you've been expecting. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because it will preserve you in the valley. It will help you to keep going because you know, I know what's going to happen in the end. I know that the wicked will consumed. I know that the wicked will cease, verse number 9, for lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. We know that God is just. Amen? We know that God is good. We know that God is righteous. We know that God will be just, and he will deliver judgment. That's why it's a good thing for us to give thanks unto the Lord. Because it preserves in the valleys. Lastly, I see that it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because it prevents vainglory. When you're in the valley, it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. When you're on the mountaintop, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Maybe before you had some losing seasons, but now you're winning. Now things are going well. The money's coming in. You got that job promotion. You found that perfect house and at the perfect price. And you bought the house and everything's going well. Everything is, is looking up and the bank account. You, you enjoy looking at your bank account now, whereas before you, were, you would avoid looking at, at your bank account. And, and now you're happy with how things are going. Everything is going well. And that's what he's saying in verse number 10. But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eyes also shall see my desire on mine enemies, and my ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. The things that I wanted against my enemies, it's happening. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Things are going well. He's living in a good time of life. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because it helps us from being uplifted in the good times. Daniel chapter 4 gives us a, a story about Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar. He was king of Babylon. Pretty important man. Pretty successful already. And he had a dream. He had a dream one night, and he, as many others, believed, and rightfully so, believed that, hey, dreams meant something. God would speak to people through dreams. And he had a dream and felt like this must mean something. So he's asking everybody, what does the dream mean? And Daniel came before him, and, and he heard the dream. The dream was this. Nebuchadnezzar is telling Daniel, I had a dream. There was a tree. It was a tall tree. It was growing. It was strong. It was big. It was so big that the whole earth could see it. I mean, that's how big this tree was. It was a huge tree. It was reaching into the heavens. And it was a beautiful tree. The leaves were beautiful. The fruit was abundant. 
There were lots of animals there. Animals would come and rest in the shade. Birds would live in its branches. Everything was looking good. But then he saw from heaven a holy one came down. That's his words. A holy one came down from heaven and said to cut down the tree, cut off the branches, shake off the leaves, scatter the fruit. The animals will flee, the birds will scatter, and all that will be left is a stump. Instead of being lifted up, it's going to be low to the ground among the beasts for seven years. And he's wondering, what could this dream possibly mean? So he told the dream to Daniel. Daniel is a prophet. He's a man of God. He was able to interpret dreams because God would reveal the meaning to him. He hears a dream and he, he tells Nebuchadnezzar, it's not a good dream. It's a dream really for your enemies. Because Daniel said, you know that tree that you saw? That big tree, strong tree, that tall tree, that beautiful, magnificent tree, that's you. You're that tree. You're the one that's tall and strong, the one that the whole world can see, that's you. You've become great. You've become strong. But God is going to come down. And he's going to cut you down. And he's going to shake off your glory. And he's going to scatter it away. And he's going to leave you a stump, low to the ground. Nebuchadnezzar hears this. When you hear news like that, I'm sure that you take it seriously. But over time, you tend to forget things, right? You tend to forget things. You tend to forget about the good things and the bad things. You forget that you're supposed to keep exercising every January 1st. Got to exercise. And then somehow by December 1st, I got to start exercising. And it starts all over again. It's funny how a year is long enough for you to forget some things, right? Well, that's what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. A year goes by. And apparently a year is long enough for him to forget about that dream, to forget the meaning of the dream. A year goes by. And in verse number 30, it says, The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? A year is just long enough for him to forget Remember, be humble, stay low, otherwise God's going to make you low. And he got lifted up, and he's walking around in his garden, in the palace, looking around and saying, man, I did good. I did great. I am great. Look what I did. I built this house. I'm the one with might and power. This is for the honor of my majesty. Verse 31, while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. 
And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times, or seven years, shall pass over thee, until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. Nebuchadnezzar forgot that the kingdom came from God. Nebuchadnezzar forgot the position came from God. Nebuchadnezzar forgot the power came from God. He forgot those things. And so he lost his thanksgiving. And God said, I think I need to show you something. I think I need to teach you a lesson. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because it prevents vainglory. When things are going well and the money's rolling in, it's tempting to think, man, look how smart I am. Man, I'm so smart. I'm so intelligent. I know exactly where to invest money. I know exactly what business to get into. Look at the kind of job that I got. Look how smart I am. Look how intelligent I am. Look at me. Look at what I've done. I've built this little kingdom. You know, we don't call our lives that, but each of us has a little kingdom. It's called our lives. And in our kingdom is our home, our family, our hobbies, the things that we enjoy, and the things that we do. And we might enjoy our little kingdom, and we might be proud of our little kingdom, but we need to remember the kingdom comes from God. And it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because it prevents us from being uplifted. Because that intellect that you got, it came from God. Oh, look how smart I am. Look how intelligent I am. Look how much better I am than all of these other people out there. I got better grades than them. I got a better job than them. I'm making more money than them. I'm doing all of these things. And, oh, it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord so that we don't get lifted up. Nebuchadnezzar thought, look at me. And you know what God said? Here, let me take away all of the things that I gave you and let's see where you are. Let me take away your intellect that I gave you and let's see how you do. He became as a beast of the field. He became somebody that they had, to, they had to lock away. They had to keep away for seven years until God returned the reasoning to him and he gave glory to God. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because it reminds us that God is the reason. God is the reason we are here. God is the reason for our success. God is the reason for every good thing that comes to us. Psalms 92 verse 15 to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Nebuchadnezzar had to learn. You know, he said, I built it. I did it. It was my might for my majesty. And God had to say, no, it's not by your might, and it's not for your majesty. God said, it's, for, it's through my might, and it's for my majesty. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because it prevents vainglory. It is a good thing for us to give thanks unto the Lord.